Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be in the second letter of Paul to the Thessalonians today. And we're going to be talking about why we need faith in troublous times uh, that we're in today. And I love this chapter. This is an awesome chapter. Has a lot in it about thanksgiving to God. Has a lot in it about faith. Has a lot in it about patience and encouragement under persecution. And it also talks about God's recompense and his blessing. Praise God. So, Father, we bless you today. We thank you and we ask the Holy Spirit and we thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us both in the ministry and in the listening uh, to your word. And we'll give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Well, we'll get right into the word of God. Now we're in Second Thessalonians. We're in chapter one. And we're going to be looking at, in these next uh, few verses, uh, thanksgiving and praise. And I, I like this uh, opening of, of, this, uh, of this letter, this gospel message, because it is, um, really, it is a portrait of the, the victorious believer. Praise God. Amen. So verse 1 says, Paul and Silvanus, and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians and God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I like that. Notice what Paul writes. He says, unto the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the church of God. The church of Thessalonica was a part of the church of God and the church of God is in God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. We have been baptized into the Godhead. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise God. That just uh, that just gives me great joy and God and the Lord Jesus Christ, meaning in union with our heavenly father. Hallelujah. Praise God. He has birthed us into his kingdom, and we praise God for that. Verse 2 says, Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Grace to you, peace to you. And then he says in verse 3, And we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet or fitting, because that your faith grows exceedingly, and the charity or the love of every one of you all toward each other abounds. Praise God. So we're talking about a victorious church. We're talking about a growing church. Uh, we're not talking about growing numerically. We're talking about growing spiritually. They're coming into union. They're, they're understanding the practicality of our union uh, with Christ Jesus. And just think, if we would spend our time speaking grace to others, speaking peace to others, and bound, that word bound means to give what is due, to give to others thanksgiving, praise God, thanking them always, thanking God for them always, praise God, I tell you, that would be such a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere. Instead of dividing and having division and, and grumbling and groaning about one another and, and uh, having this, you know, big I and little you attitude, all of that is the flesh, every bit of it. It's all carnal. Every bit of it is carnal. Every bit of it is flesh ruled. 
But notice Paul is writing to this wonderful church, this young church. It's a fledgling church. And he's speaking to them. He's speaking over them grace. He's speaking over them peace. He's giving thanks to God always for them. And that's a lesson for us today. You know, we may have other churches in our community, but we can give God thanks for them because they're out preaching the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. They're supplying the spiritual needs of others in the community. And we can thank God for that. Amen. So in verse three, he says, and your faith grows exceedingly. That is the evidence of a healthy and growing church when faith is growing. And I see in many conversations today among Christians, you know, there's no mention of faith. There's no mention of the word of God. There's no mention of Christ. It's all about worldly things, you see, and that's not healthy. You know, Christ needs to be mentioned. The word of God, the scripture needs to be mentioned in all of our conversations because it is the word of God that builds us up. Hallelujah. Amen. And of course, the charity or the love Everyone, the the church in Thessalonica, uh, the Thessalonian church, uh, they were in love with one another. Their love was abounding towards one another. They found Christ. They found the source of the love of God. Hallelujah. So uh, when a church is growing by, in faith, when the church is abounding in love, these are two evidences of a healthy and a growing church. Hallelujah. And if you're a member of a church and, and your church is not growing, uh, uh, your church's faith is not growing, uh, the love in the church is not abounding, it's time to pray. It's time to get down there at the altar and spend some time praying and fasting and coming together because God, uh, I, I don't, you know, I want to, well, I got to say it, you know, Satan is in the midst of a church that's not that, that their faith is not growing and their love is not abounding. So that needs to change and it can change. Amen. We can we can get on the right course. We can follow uh, the faith of those of these folks that were made up the church of Thessalonia. Verse four says, so we ourselves glory in you. Think about that. Paul is speaking grace over these people. He's speaking peace over these people. He's thanking God always for them because of their growing faith and their abounding love. And then he speaks to them about glory so that we ourselves glory in you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That word glory, it means to, to show joy and pleasure. I tell you, victorious living is a glory to God, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. I tell you, you know, the Thessalonica was a dark place until the Apostle Paul showed up. And then a little light from heaven shined in that city. Praise God. And people ran to that light. They embraced the light. Well, there was others that don't like the light. Jesus talked to us about that in the Gospel of John, but men loved darkness rather than light. And so as a result, this church was suffering persecutions and tribulations, testings and trials. And that's no difference than in our day. We have those that want to persecute the church, that want to uh, deny the church. 
you know, governments, uh, you know, when uh, church starts and, 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 you know, that church is going to be, you know, tax free and nonprofit organization. Well, you know, church boards and church commissions, they frown on that. Why? Because they're not going to make any tax dollars. It's more important for the people that are our leaders today uh, to want and desire money over the blessing of God due to the fact that there are churches springing up all over the place. I love the Bible Belt. I love the fact that there's churches on every street corner, several of them in communities. I love it. I love that. And the reason why we're blessed is because of it. Amen. That brings glory to God. And of course, you know, we have to deal with the assaults of the devil upon the church. But Christ has promised that we will triumph over them. Amen. Hallelujah. And Paul, in writing to Timothy, said this, Yea, and all that live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. Amen. And Paul said this, after confirming the souls of the disciples, he exhorted them to continue in the faith. And he said to them that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. So there is... Uh, there is joy, there is grace, there is peace in Christ, uh, there's uh, thanksgiving in Christ, there's glory in Christ, but it comes also with persecutions and tribulations. And that's exactly what the church at Thessalonica was enduring. They were enduring trials and tests. Amen. And Jesus said that, that if we suffer for righteousness sake, amen, if he did, if he suffered for righteousness sake, then you and I we, we're going to suffer the same. And so Paul goes on and he says, and he writes this in verse five, and he talks about the manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. So suffering is one of the tags that comes along with being counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Now, once again, Paul, in writing to the Thessalonian church, he says here in verse four, notice once again, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all of your persecutions and in all of your tribulations that you are enduring. They are enduring these things. They haven't fallen back. They haven't given up. They haven't quit. They haven't gone back into sin. Amen. They're enduring. Why? Well, because of faith. That's why we need faith in troublous times. And let me tell you something. Faith in God is what opens the door of the power of God on our behalf. That enables God's power to begin working on our behalf. You've read story after story after story of saints in the past that were persecuted, but they came out victorious. Amen. Even those that were martyred unto death. That was that. To, listen, that was victory. They didn't give in. They didn't give up. You know, the, the, the uh, prophet Isaiah said this of Jesus, as a lamb before the slaughter was done, so he opened not his mouth. You know, he committed everything to God. That's exactly what we are to do. We are to commit everything to God. Well, 
Someone might say, well, why are we always talking about faith? Why is the Bible always talking about faith? Well, there's several reasons, quite a few of them, as a matter of fact. Well, number one is that we can't please God without faith. You know, Paul, in writing to the Hebrew church, said that. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We can't have faith. We can't have, uh, we can't have, uh, well, we, actually, we can't be saved without faith. Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, says, For by grace are we saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God, but it has to be received by faith. And think about it. We can't live the Christian life without faith. Because Scripture tells us in several places, the just shall live by faith. That's not only found in Hebrews 10, 38. It's also found in Galatians 3, 11, Romans 1, 17, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Amen. If, if, if that phrase is mentioned that many times in the Old Testament and the New Testament, how important it is for us. Amen. The just shall live by faith. If we're not living by faith, are we just? Well, <laughs> that's a subject for another day, isn't it? And we can't overcome the devil by f without faith. You know, Peter told us that the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. And then he says this, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions that, are, that, are, uh, that we're suffering were also suffering by the brethren throughout the world. Praise God. And then John said it this way, and he, this is the faith that overcomes, this is the thing that overcomes the world, even our faith. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And of course, we understand, you know, Romans, uh, Paul in Romans 14, 3 said, 23 says that whatever is not of faith is sin. How are we going to know the will of God? How are we going to know that without faith? We're not going to be able to. I mean, Ephesians chapter 3, that great prayer of Paul for the Ephesian church, uh, tells us that. You know, how that uh, God, you know, he prayed that God would give them strength in the inner man. You know, that they might be able to, uh, to uh, walk in faith. Amen. That we might, uh, well, let me just go ahead and quote it. That grant unto you. Uh, to be strengthened with might in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Comprehend now with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Amen. All of that comes as a result of prayer and faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we can't have our prayers answered without faith. I mean, Jesus told us that in Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 24. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Praise God. Hallelujah. But now, faith in itself will not work without love. Because faith works by love. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. 
And so this is the reason why we must have faith. This is the reason why that our faith must be strong. Now, Paul said this in Romans 12, 3, that every believer has been given a measure of faith. That's a deposit. That's a gift. What we do with that gift now is is up to us. So we must build strong faith. Well, how do we do that? We build strong faith by studying and staying in uh, the word of God. Praise God. Amen. Righteousness comes by faith. You know, Paul's writing to the Roman church said this in chapter nine, verses 31, 33. Israel did not attain unto righteous, the righteousness of faith. Why? Because they sought it not by faith. They thought the righteousness which came by the law was all that they needed. Jesus changed all that. Yes, do we keep the law? Absolutely. But that's not as a means of righteousness. It's not by works which we have done, but it's according to his mercy that he saved us. Praise God. Verse 5 which is a manifest token. All the trials and tribulations that the, the church is going through is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. So these things come upon us, amen, to test our faith, but then to prove whose we are that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. See, it's the righteous judgment of God that judges between one and the other. Think about this, that Jesus suffered total sacrifice for all of mankind who were lost. And those who believe the gospel, God grants them total salvation. But now those who reject the gospel, God grants them total destruction. This is the righteous judgment of God. God is right. We need to clear that up right now. God is right. Amen. And everything that he does. And he declares, actually, Peter declared this in Acts chapter four. He says, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You mean even those that are good people? They're not good people. They may be good in themselves, but all of their works is, is as filthy rags. All their righteousness is as filthy rags. They're not good people. Jesus said this of himself, there is none good but one, and that's the Father. You're not good. I'm not good. Every human being born in this world is not good. We have to receive God's goodness, receive him in our hearts, praise God. And we do that through faith. Praise God. Receiving Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, repenting of sin, asking him to come into our heart and life. And by faith, God grants unto us the righteousness of God by faith in Christ Jesus, by faith in Christ Jesus. That's why we have to have faith in troublous times. He is the anchor of our soul. Praise God. And besides, this is not this this world is not our home. 
This is not what we're living for. This is not what we're witnessing to. We're witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our destination. We're in a kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And we're not of this world. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. But notice how Paul says this, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. God is right in everything that he does. And in Acts chapter 17, verse 31, he commands all men to repent. Now is the day of salvation. And we go through judgment. We go through um, tribulation. We go through persecution and all of this. And we endure. So that we may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So as a result of our afflictions. They fit us for the kingdom of God. They harden us. I mean, you ask a young man that's gone through boot camp. He is so glad he got through it and he doesn't want to go through that again. Why? Because he was being fitted to be a soldier in the United States military forces. And there's a lot of things that had to been had to be taken out and there's a lot of things that had to be put in. And if that's true in a natural sense, how much truer is it in a spiritual sense? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And there is suffering in, in, the, in the Christian life. Not only in the past, but it's still going on. And once again, all that live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. But there's always hope because God is always with us, praise God. Amen. And as long as we stay in faith and now as we continue to work and stay faithful to Christ, the recompense judgment of God is upon us for blessing, not for cursing. Praise the Lord. Verse 6, Paul said it this way, seeing it is a righteous thing with God. Notice that, a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. What's Paul saying here? Well, Paul's saying that there is a future judgment to come. And that all will appear before God to be judged. The just, their reward will be eternal life. The unjust, their reward will be eternal punishment in the lake of fire. Amen. See, there is a recompense to tribulation. There is a payback. That's really what that word means, recompense, a payback with vengeance. Paul said it this way. He says, give place to wrath. For vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So the righteous judgment of God is this, and this is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, as long as we stay with him always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. This is tremendous testimony. When you and I, amen, we te we're tested and tried, but we come out of it victorious. What a tremendous witness it is uh, to the world. 
For we are to God the fragrance of Christ. Now, this is the righteous judgment of God. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, to the believer, we are, or to the unbeliever, we are the aroma of death leading to death. In other words, the world sees us. The world sees the life in us and it speaks to them of the death that is in them. And it's death leading to death. It is being spiritually dead, but leading to spiritual death. And to the other, talking about the believer, the aroma of life, Zoe life, leading unto eternal life. The life that we have in God now that leads unto eternal life in the time uh, to come. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So it is a righteous thing for God to recompense tribulation to those who trouble you. And then verse 7, it says, Into you who are troubled, rest with us. Rest. We rest in Christ. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus is saying to us today. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Think about that. Praise God. The second coming of Christ. Think about that. With his mighty angels. Where we're going to be with the angels. The armies of God. We're going to be in the clouds of glory. We're going to be coming back with Christ as his armies. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. In flaming fire, verse 8, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is God so long-suffering when there's so much wickedness and evil going on in the world? Well, he is long-suffering. He desires them to be saved. He gets no delight in the perishing of the wicked. He gets no delight in that at all. And his desire is for none to perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is long-suffering, wanting men to be saved. But if they continue to reject the gospel, then they will all be destroyed. That's the righteous judgment of God. And eternal vengeance is upon them that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul said it this way. He says to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. That's what that's the righteous judgment of God upon the believer. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, peace to every man that works good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. That is so very important. Verse 11 is so very important. So very important for us. Hallelujah. Now we know why that morally good persons are going to go to hell because they have rejected Christ. That's the issue, not how good a person is. 
whether or not they have accepted or rejected Christ. That's the heart of the issue. And then verse nine, Paul says it this way. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And then he says this. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Simple faith coming to God with empty hands, nothing to offer him but ourselves. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And he accepts that if we come to him by faith. And then verses 11 and 12 says, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. This is a calling. With all the persecutions and everything that comes along with this is our calling. And fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. That the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and ye in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, what a powerful chapter this is. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are the one that's preparing us for glory. You are the one, Lord, hallelujah, that is working in us to will and to do of your good pleasure. So, Lord, we die to ourselves so that we might live with Christ. And we are, our eyes are always upon thee, O Lord, and we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.